run of my rope. Most going to Morgan. Quick hands will take Narangi. French, he will dive in again. Another somersault, another try for Bevan French. Bridhart goes in the hands there of Gower and at the death. David Gower is going to crack the nickel. It's Norman going to the line. Has Gutherson out the back. Here's a real chance. Gutherson throws the dummy. They'll drag him down half a metre short. Play it here just outside the 10. Norman rubbering a chance. Michael Jennings. He plants it down. And they're alive. This has to go over. And Moses taking his time. Gets the flags in the air. Maybe this is it. Takarangi at the line. It goes through Moses. Comes away to Moiroa. Fends away from Moylan. Keeps it alive. Jennings for Moses. To the corner. Moses! Moses will score and has a chance to send this to Golden Point. To send it to Golden Point. Mitchell Moses. It swings away to the left-hand side. And the Sharks get home. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping. And the vision that was planted in my brain still Hi and welcome back to the podcast. This week we'll be reviewing all the round nine action in the uh, first grade as well as the Mats grand final. Um, yeah, send out some support. We're ready to neck ourselves after that weekend. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? 40. Evening, fellas. Ham. Yep. PM. I'm here, guys. Wasn't here last week. A bit busy, but I'm back. So maybe another victory this week because I'm back. Yeah, that, that's the secret to the um, success. Get PM back on the podcast. And can I say, um, our resident uh, celebrity PM, oh. the local oh, radio well. host. Yeah, I don't know if anyone listens to it, but we, we send it out over the airways. We might get more listeners on well, this. I'll let you plug yourself on that at the end. We'll do it at the end, yeah. We'll do it at the end. <laughs> Let's jump straight into the reviews. Sharks 22, Eels 20, try scorers French, Gower, Jennings, Moses, two from four conversions. Um, I'll let you guys go first, and then I might uh, <laughs> we'll steal myself for a end. rant. Yeah, uh, what a bludger of a game, eh, boys? Oh um, yeah, you, you just can't go to sleep for seventy-three minutes and expect to be anywhere in the contest. The fact that we got back to nearly level pegging in seven minutes is a miracle in and of itself. But um, I think that game was a microcosm of the first six rounds. Do you think it's fair to say? Oh, hundred percent. That that, that re- yeah, just reminded me of the first six rounds. It's like everything that yeah, we did exactly. wrong and we fixed. We went back to that again. Into that game. Yeah. The first 73 minutes. That three sets in a row in the first half that we didn't complete coming out of our own couldn't, end. Couldn't complete the oh, sets. Man, um, I just possession, took my hat off and threw it across the room. Right that, it was disgraceful. Right into that little run of um, three tries at the end. Possession was almost sub 40% for us, which is right within that ballpark of where we were, you know, getting hammered in the first six weeks. Um, we made 70 more tackles than the Sharks. Uh, you know, they they found um, the end goals four times for four sign dropouts to our zero. Um, you know, from 1 to 17, I think the team had a lot of issues. Uh, unfortunately, I think our 6 and 7 and Moses and Norman sort of went missing for a while. Um, 
we had a game plan. I don't know if we identified something or if it was Norman sort of, you know, making the call on the field. We insisted on running the ball down our left edge in the first half, and it sort of just resulted in Brad Takarang having to make a, you know, a last-second decision on what we're going to do. Uh, and unfortunately, neither Norman or Moses could sort of take control of the game for the bulk of proceedings. So, yeah, real real frustrating, especially when the Sharks were undermanned coming into the game and lost Wade Graham after half an hour or thereabouts. And especially because, like, you know, yeah, this is a game we should have won Going just going into it with, you talk about their um, sub-team sub, sub team sort of thing with all their injuries and everything. But even if we just played a half-decent game, yeah, like, even that, if we just played half as well as we did against the Tigers, we win. But we, it was just awful in, that slip, we went back, back to what we were doing. Bad habits. I mean, I joked you at the Harold Matthews grand final that this game sort of smelled like that Titans game last year in round yeah, three. Yeah, you did actually. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, injuries, That's right. I forgot about the, that. The injuries piling up. You know, team if it's back to the wall a little bit, Parramatta getting a little bit, you know, perhaps not cocky, but ahead of themselves after a couple of good wins. And, you know, we just played so bad. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, in, individually, I think there were some good things in this game, which was a story for the first six rounds. Manu Ma'u continues to be an absolute beast. He was fantastic uh, throughout that game, and whether he played him on the left edge or through the middle, he busted his ass. Um, you saw flashes of Bev's breast. Um, Bev's breast. Bev's breast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll have to put the he, warning um, out again this week. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just speaking he, about uh, Bev... Um, he had jumped Edric Lee, didn't he? I'm pretty yeah, sure he, I saw that. He has oh. a phenomenal vertical leap. <laughs> um, we don't do that sort of athletic testing publicly in the NRL, but if he um, he put up against that, you know, that little sort of stick with the the articulating um, measuring paddles. Yeah, the stick sort of thing. Well, the NBA use, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. If he was up on that, he'd get pretty high, I reckon. He's um, a fair athlete when it comes to explosiveness. And uh, he unfortunately bombed a try by a matter of an inch, which if he was playing in a Dragons jersey, he probably scores. Shout out! Yeah, I was going to say, you know, if that was if we if he did that a week earlier, because to me that was still in the fingertips. He had no control over the ball, but it was still. I'm I'm happy it was called no try. I think that was the right call for the context of the NRL. But it is annoying seeing the Dragons getting away with robbery when it comes to those sort of results and us missing out. Um, I thought he probably scored off that uh, Will Smith pass, which I thought was flat rather than forwards. That was an insane pickup. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was just ridiculous. And once again, it showcases how much of a footballer he can be. And I think the most important part is that he's getting back in field and helping out his forwards a little bit. He's not an incredible ruck worker, but he was doing a fair bit of work there. I'm not uh, sure why we're not using his speed a little bit more. You know, he's come up against some slow-turning wingers in Lee and, um, you know, we could have popped him on the other side against Fanua for just for a set play. But kick long and just get him to chase the ball. No one's going to beat him in the, in the chase. Well, this is the sort of game where it's hard to tell whether the game plan was at fault and it's a coaching issue off the players just, you know, didn't check into the game because of that many, the amount of turnovers that we had meant that we never hit our stride. We'd never executed a game plan. And this is, this is a criticism that I leveled at the halves when I was doing my blogging this week is that in these sort of games when it gets ugly and it gets into a real, you know, grind fest, we need them to sort of step up and, you know, change the pace of the game, find touch, allow us to reset. And unfortunately, Moses and Norman couldn't do that on Saturday. And instead, yeah, just, we just even just do something different, like a little chip and chase, just just something to break, early. to break the rhythm of the game, because those are the sort of games that teams like Cronulla thrive in. And it, it, we've we've touched on this before about when we sort of hate the Cronulla, the Cronulla matchup because whatever they do tends to counteract us for whatever reason. And Saturday night was the perfect example of it. We got into yeah. this dour grind fest where Cronulla started winning the possession and the field position battles because of our mistakes. Yeah, and possession, even though they were undermanned. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's why and that's and why they couldn't they do that stuff you you're saying they should have been doing. The reason why they couldn't do it is because they yeah, kept turning over possession. It, it's really hard. To, it's really hard to tell if the game plan was a fault because of how elementary the mistakes we were making were. And you know, we're talking about you know hookers losing the ball uh, from the pickup. You know, Kaiser threw a, a soft forward pass. Um, our forwards were just dropping the ball cold and. Those sort of errors are very hard to overcome when you're a good team, let alone a team that's trying to overcome a 0-6 handicap like we were after two decent wins on the trot. So uh, this is the first time since I followed Paramount in 1997 that I walked out or stopped watching in the 70th minute. So after the 70th minute, I just I was at Mounties Leeds Club, the sports bar, and I saw you know they were down. They were just we we're just getting pinned in our um, dropouts after dropouts. So I was like, you know what? I can't deal with this. I'm going to go walk off. So I walked off, played some roulette, you know, lost 20 bucks. <laughs> oh, no, no. Which I'm very upset about. Green three times, by the way. Um, but then when I checked my phone, it was 22.20, and I was like, wow. Yeah, I saw, what a, what I a saw game your post-match comments in the um, Discord, and that made me have a chuckle after a pretty shitty result. Birdie, can you walk, see, can you walk out even, after kickoff this week, please? As soon as the game kicks <laughs> off, just walk away. Okay? Did you hoodoo breaker? <laughs> Is I watched the press conference before I found out the final time, final score, and when they said, "Oh, you know, we like," it sounded like we were. I thought we lost by eighteen, but then go back, I look at it. We only lost by two. I was like, "Wow, you know, like." And then I saw what happened to Mitch Moses, and I was like, "Maybe I should stay and watch the game because you know anything can happen." <laughs> no, like, no, you should not stay and watch the game. You no. should never watch our game. You made it more entertaining for the rest of us. Yeah, <laughs> if, if, if we, yeah, we um, we if we score three tries in yeah, eight minutes or whatever it was, when you're not watching the. Yeah. Well, I didn't get to see that part live either. Oh. That seven-minute period was made made the preceding seventy-three minutes that much more frustrating because I, I realized that there would have been a certain degree of laxness to the Cronulla defense because they had a, a full free-score lead of eighteen points as a buffer. But you know, we started cutting through them like a hot knife through butter, and they they could not stop us marching down the field. And you know, we were that close to Gufferson going over at one point, you know, to equalize the scores before Moses ultimately did. And, you know, it just makes you think, what if? And that, that's what this season is sort of boiled down to at this stage. You know, we're a third of the way through, if not more. It's uh, round 10 this week, so we're over, we're over a third of the way through the season, I'm sorry. And it's become a season of what ifs. You know, we there are, there are obviously certain underlying... Sorry, Hamish, I'll give myself... No, 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 go on. There's, just, there's obviously certain sort of metagame issues, like the, the changes in rule interpretations that have had a big impact on how our team operates with our aggressiveness and defense. But uh, unfortunately, you know, we just we we sort of are you know a game or two behind the rest of the NRL when it comes to this sort of stuff at the moment. Uh, you're saying that, Matt? Yes. Um, speaking about what ifs, um, what if we didn't give away penalties in front of the goal, or what if the referees didn't blow penalties in front of the goal? The past two weeks, we're giving away absolute bullshit penalties. Um, the Tigers one was uh, the the uh, flop from Tim Manor wasn't a flop. And then the one that we gave away here was, um, I think it was Matangi and Terapo for holding down the ruck. The the 63rd minute one, was it, to make it the 18-point lead? Yeah. And yeah. it was just like... That was that, that was. You know, pretty, there's so many other times when they call yeah, a penalty yeah. and I would go, yep, no problem. But this one, to me, that's not a... They didn't hold him down. But it just happened to be, oh, right in front of the post, oh, I'll take the two, put him in further in front, or we'll get closer. Like, it just, it just so happens... That that's where they get their penalty. You know, what if it wasn't in that position? It would have been twenty points that they or they wouldn't have had gone twenty two eventually. Would have only been to twenty. You know, and that would instead of um, kicking the draw, would have been kicking the win for Moses. It would have changed the game completely. Yes, and obviously you have the golden point as your fallback in that situation. 
you know, is that our fault there? Because there are other times where, you know, I believe that we could be penalised or um, whatever. Is, is the referee building towards that moment where, you know, even maybe a split second we hold on too long or a split second a flop? Is that yeah, our fault or is it a, a referee yeah. fault where they're not, you know, are they blowing it in certain areas? I say, well, like most of these questions, the, the sort of the liability probably goes both ways. Uh, obviously, we would have been guilty to some degree for him to be able to blow the penalty, even if it's contentious. But it does feel like referees have, I don't know if it's areas of the field or times in the game, but there are certain, you know, uh, junctures, I'll say, of, of, you know, the game where they become more trigger happy with the whistle. And, you know, one of the things that everyone knows is that in the final 10 minutes of the game, they become very reluctant and reticent to blow that whistle. And conversely, you see, you know, periods of play where they're more than happy to blow the pee out of it. So there's probably some rhyme and reason to it if you did the statistical breakdown, you know, looking at the when, where, and, and why of um, these penalties. And it'd be pretty interesting um, the, um, data analysis. But yeah, as it stands, you're sort of left to wonder why that particular incident was apparently, even though it didn't amount to much as far as an infringement. Yeah. And it just goes back to hashtag ban the penalty. Get that trending yeah. world. <laughs> forget really Donald Glover. Forget that. his new song. Ban the penalty. It's bloody Cronulla, man. They just frustrate the shit out of us. Oh, they, yeah. It's it's such yep. a bad matchup stylistically between the yeah. two clubs. They just it's like they, they bring out the the, des- the desperation in us to slow down the rock, and it's because it's like their game plan. You know, that's how they play. It's like normal to them. What the referees can see, we're going out our way to slow it down. It's just. And this oh, this comes back to why I've been perhaps overly critical of Moses and Norman in the wake of this loss, is that when the game gets broken down into a, an ugly tempo like that, you look to your, your primary playmakers to sort of change that. And unfortunately for us, both of them were slightly off their, or slightly, were a fair bit off their game on Saturday until that final seven minutes. Is that a problem, Forty? Because um, basically, I'm not sure if they know which one is the dominant half yet. And maybe that is the reason one of them is not actually getting in there and taking control. They're sort of looking across and thinking, well, maybe he'll do it. No, or should I do it or should he do it? And the next thing you know, it's the last tackle and somebody like Tacker's got the ball. That that might be an, a pretty fair criticism of the way we structure our playmakers. Uh, I suppose, uh, Ham, you might be able to back me up on this. I think on a per-possession basis, Norman would go down as a dominant playmaker. Is that right On in most yeah, games? Yeah, usually, um, I know in the Tigers he grabbed, I think it was 20 more possessions than Moses. And he so, usually gets about five or so more yeah so he, he's slightly ahead of Moses on you know an average game basis but it is one of the the legitimate criticisms of running a, a genuine sort of two primary playmaker setup like we do is that there can be times where there is even miscommunication or one of you know both of them are sort of thinking the other is going to take over that set so I don't know how I mean once again we're looking from the outside in so it's hard to sort of peer back the um or pull back the veil and see how much of that is an issue but it, it I mean looking at looking at the result on Saturday, it's probably a fair point to make. I think Norman's much better in the twenty meter zone. You know, he can, he finds a he can get like a repeat set quite often. So I reckon he should be the more dominant half in the twenty meter zone, and then Moses can like you know kick us out of the half. Or you understand like I get like um I'd like uh, Norman to be you know if we're doing a big shift. Um, Norman to be first receiver in those instances because I think Mitch can play better um, when he's a bit wider, um, you know, one-on-one against his opposite. He's got a bit more speed, he's a bit more agile. Um, he can sort of play a bit more off the cuff. So, yeah, I, I agree um, that Norman should be first receiver in those instances. 
But I, I think when we've touched on it multiple times is that in the end, if you want to play expansive football, you've got to complete your sets. You know, you've got to give yeah, yourself a platform to work off. And unfortunately, on Saturday, we didn't do that. So we can, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. We, we sort of break apart the game on a on a micro level and say, this player did something wrong and that player wasn't quite right there. But, you know, the whole game we're operating behind the eight ball because we could not complete our sets. And to a degree, that's on the halves for sure. But our forwards too have to take plenty of onus because they um, they contributed plenty of unforced errors, unfortunately. So, oh, yeah, on that on, note, we're going to t- turn it over to Hamish for the um, the Big Daddy rant. Well, uh, the, there's a couple of issues. I was I was gonna I was gonna blast BA for his bench rotation, but it's since come out that that Kayser, of course, had his groin injury. Um, apparently, it involves one of his testicles. So, best of luck to the boy. Um, Tim Manor, eye socket injury, so there goes your bench rotation. So, first of all, I was going to blast BA for leaving Kayser too long on the pond, but there was reason for it. So, that falls out the window. The next thing I want to blast is these pretty boy halves. You pass your score, you get it out the back line, it's about grit and courage. Not these pretty boys. Moses, take the freaking line on. What are you doing? What are you doing? Put a short grubber in behind. Uh, Norman, far out, I'll tell you what. Get off the fannies. Stop drinking the CCs. Get some get some beer into you. Flavor it up with a bit of fucking grit, a bit of dirt, and get out there. Run the ball at the line. How many times has he snuck through and uh, at Manly game scored untouched? How many times taken on the line? He didn't do any of that against the Sharks. It's garbage. And that Sharks team, I tell you what, it's a reserve grade Sharks team. They're all out of juice. They don't have any more fucking peptides, and you can't <laughs> score against them until the seventy-third minute. It's hey, we pr- ridiculous. The seventy-third minute, but we were shit for the most. Yeah, of and good on French, you know. <laughs> it's only been a French magic so, they got us in there. I think you just found it's it's found absolutely pathetic. You found part of the problem. Yeah, there. They're drinking too much bloody girly pre-mixed drinks and not enough friggin' good hard beer. Nothing wrong with CC and dry. Come yeah. on, yeah, nothing no, wrong with CC. This is, this is, this if you're going to drink CC, you drink it straight. Forget the bloody dry, <laughs> or you have a good hard cold beer, not a VB though, because that's battery acid, in, but something better. In light of in light of that, Hamish, this is the question. I, I haven't finished yet. I have oh, not okay. finished yet. Oh, okay. here we go. Okay. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna revisit this. <laughs> I'll let you go. Sorry, my fault for interrupting. The boys were pissing it up the middle. We we had to wear an extra what? How many four or five sets in defence? Because you know everybody's a bloody peanut and wants to give the ball over to the sharks. But still, we, we only trailed them by 100 metres or so. So, you know, it's not about the boys pissing it up the middle. It's about the halves in the attacking end zone not being able to put anything on. And look at their kick metres, 300 to 600. It's garbage. You've got to be able to kick and, and dictate where the opposition gets the ball. And we simply didn't do that against the Sharks. Their boys just made... Uh, I touched on it in the preview that their their outside backs would be making plenty of metres off the kick return. That's exactly what they did. The Sharks dictated... And fucking Chad Townsend, a pretty boy if you've ever seen one, the absolutely Chad. played <laughs> our halves off the park. The, the it's Chad it's owned just shit. But he took it. He got off the ground. I, I agree with that. Um, The kicking... You yeah. know, we've got, we've got a good kicking game. Kick out, set a scrum... And then they have to work it out from there from a set defensive line. That's what we're good at. We're good at coming up in defence and stopping teams from preventing metres when we're on a roll. You know, the, I, the, I agree. The Ta- really Townsend ran to the line a... all night and nobody belted him. He went off the game after 80 minutes with no dirt in his jersey. Your opposing halfback, well, you know, if he's run to the line, you've got to belt him. He was the one that was lining the halves up. 
Well, that's it. He, he was he was for off. For reason, he, I mean, yeah. the pre pre testicular uh, you know timeout, he um he didn't have that same impact, unfortunately, in defense. But yeah, the, the kicking stats really jumped out at me in the post game review. That you know, six hundred meters to three hundred meters, along with four force line dropouts to zero, we got quite literally kick off the park. Um, so, are, are you are you done now, Hamish? Can I throw a question your way? I just wanted to shoot one more thing out there. Kozer comes off with you know who knows what's happened to his testicle, and uh, Cam Smith frigging gets a little tap whack and then falls down for the next five minutes. So, um, who's the better hooker? I'm going to go with Kozer. There's a lot of <laughs> shouting crowd in that gift for me because. The, the 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 sack whack for Cam Smith came seconds after he'd given a pretty epic facial, and um, so a little bit. Oh of yeah, he got the there. elbow in there. He well, got the elbow in. Let's not talk about testicles and facials, and <laughs> I think that's another podcast. It's oh, a bit more warnings. Got that might be R eighteen. That one. <laughs> okay, so okay, sorry, you, your you question. Yep. In light of your um, you know, you're firing up against Moses and Norman, which is perfectly fair. Is if they're struggling to have an impact on games like we saw on Saturday. If you're the coach, what do you do to get them into games? Because there's certainly for Moses and perhaps for Corey too, there's a degree of confidence that, you know, sort of facilitates whether they play good or bad in a given game. What would you be doing to try and get them into these contests when it gets a little bit dour, gets a little bit ugly? Well, I touched on the pretty boy. You've got to get that pretty boy. And it all starts with a haircut. Look at Kerry Emsley. Have a look at that. The Tennessee top hat, the Mississippi mud flap, the Kentucky waterfall. Where the hell is this hair bloody trim shit coming from? Tell you what, they need a big handlebar mustache and they need a mullet. That'll give them some friggin' grit. And I'll tell you what, Chico rolls, rub it in a bit of dirt. That'll that'll provide the staunch and the grit for them when they oh, get out God. on the field. Is this from Reddit? <laughs> It's an echo. No, in Hamish here. is living the dream. No, I just, I just think it's, it's years of pent up aggression. It's years of wanting a mullet. It's years of wanting a handlebar <laughs> mustache. <laughs> oh, but fair dinkum. How many shit halves have we had to sit through? We had to sit through bloody um, Sandow backing himself for a forty twenty every week, and you know celebrating himself when his bloody wins on the pun of that. Um, oh God, it's just it's. You just don't go back. Far Moses enough. has so much potential. You just don't go back. Far he has enough. so yeah. much potential. Ben Custo, you know, do you remember Ben Custo? Nah, don't don't put shit on the greatest of all time, Benny Custo. What about Stu Galbraith? Stu Galbraith, who played Bring four four great games, and they paid him some ridiculous amount of money, and then played reserve grade for the rest of his career. We've had dumb. Smith used to ride bring, a skateboard. To we've had dumb halfbacks bring at this club. Bring back Benny Custo and bring back years. Benny Roberts. Oh, Benny Custer the two Bennies the in the half. Legends, the Legends of League tournament. So, <laughs> Don't get me started yeah, on halfbacks. I mean, I think the the state of Hamish's rant sort of speaks to where we're at as a fandom right now. Um, a little bit wild and um, uninhibited. But, uh, yeah, geez, that, that result and say they stung so much for the fact that, you know, you had a margin of error of five games for the remainder of a season, you know, coming into round nine. And... You get past Cronulla somehow, some way, whether it was a big win or not, and all of a sudden you're looking at a run where maybe you can go, you know, four or five wins on a trot. You've got the Dogs this week, then you got the Warriors at home, and after that, you know, the the draw opens up a little bit. Newcastle's in there somewhere. I know we got the Dragons during Origin. And, you know, every week's you know you go and one and zero and whatnot, and all those other sort of cliches. But we really could have made a big dent into the deficit that we needed to get. Um, you know to get into in order to make the postseason. All of a sudden, we're now back to square one where not only did we lose, but the, the manner in which we lost undoes the previous fortnight of hard work. And now the big question is, how are we going to rebound? 
because we haven't rebounded well in the past this year. After Brookvale, you would have thought that we would have rebounded, but we didn't. Can I just say, it leads to bigger questions. Um, our, our win against the Manly, have a look at Manly's form line after that. Uh, they're a basket case at the moment. Then have a look at West Tigers after our game. They absolutely just got flogged by the Warriors on the weekend. So what does that look for our form line? We've, we've, we've beat, you know, two teams that, uh, you know, West Tigers are up in the eight, but, you know, uh, they, they surprised a certain amount of teams at the beginning of the year, and they're going to rest on their laurels, or oh, we beat the Storm twice. Well, yeah, great. Doesn't mean much if you don't make the eight at the end of the season, and I just don't see either of those teams looking likely. And then we're coming up against a, a bulldog squad that is is just atrocious in attack. But I have no confidence in our defence to rebuff them, and I've got no confidence in our own attack to be able to score points against them. It's in, just uh, in defence of the podcast. I don't think we overhyped either of those victories against Manly and Wests. We certainly celebrated them, but I don't think we said that you know we're sure things to make the eight now, but. Yeah, you do need to put a little bit of um, grounding on those two victories in light of the relative form of everyone involved. But yeah, it, it makes it really hard to hype up you know any of our upcoming fixtures. You know, on paper Friday is going to be a bludger. You know, whether we win or not, it's two. Yeah, it's going to be you know, a terrible game. Two two very out of form teams. Um, I mean, the dogs at least have a, a rookie debutant to be cheering for, which is something when not much is going right. For Parramatta, you know, we've got. Uh, Bo Scott and Vave back in the team which is you know something and, and and just before we get on can I just one last thing Mitch Moses don't be celebrating and bloody rubbing uh, Matt Moylan's face in it when he makes an error if you're then going to go and miss the, the game tying <laughs> conversion you know, earn the right to be a prick. You know, we need to bring back the the, oh, the punch rule. We in, need to in, turf out this no punch rule because halves need to be laid out if you're going to go up and pull that bullshit. I'm sick if, of the head rubbing. I'm I, sick of the, the this, rubbish. I'll say this in defence of Moses. If you're going to trash talk and be a prick, at least have the honesty to do it when you're being shit as well as when you're being good. And in, and in his defence, he did that while we were still being shit. So the, no one likes a, a, you know, a shit-talking frontrunner which, you know, there's plenty of them in the NRL. You know, at least he's been a, you know, a wanker when we're good and when we're bad. So the, the, I'll say that in, de- in defense of Moses. No defending but, uh, yeah. Moses at the moment. <laughs> he needs to pull his socks up. No, um, unfortunately, you know, Mitch had a chance to take the game, the golden point, which we had no right to, and um, sort of waved the kick a little bit to the left, which it would have been an amazing, you know, period of play to go into golden point and then, you know, get the win, but... It just would have been papering over more cracks. So, uh, I don't know. Gee, it, it's... All right, well, let's get on to something else. Um, ISP, uh, Bulldogs <laughs> 23, Wenty 22. In a weekend, very close score lines in the ISP. A lot of draws. Um, Try scorers, Davis times two. Malone, one. And Vave with one. Three from, th- uh, three from four conversions, sorry. Um, Dogs getting that late field goal. Um, got run down after a lead, so um, story of last season. Yeah, unfortunately, no one got out to see this game because, in the infinite wisdom of the NRL and the New South Wales Rugby League, it was rescheduled to six thirty PM, which meant there was a pretty brutal clash with the NRL. Six forty-five, uh, it actually. Six forty-five was the, there. You go, the ultimate. Yeah, that's what it changed to in the end. And this was really unfortunate because this game coincided with the uh, two-week global buy in the jersey flag, which means that the Eels were able to promote uh, promote promote. Three of their uh, young talents in Jamin Salmon, Reed Marnie, and Oregon Kafusi. And um, neither Ham nor I got to see them in action, which is a real shame. 
But I do know that Wenthy were leading 16-6 at one point in the second half and unfortunately ran out of gas, which is uh, a real shame because they had a nice little streak going of um, three wins in a row, including top four victories over Penrith and uh, Wests, who were then leading the table at the time. And if it knocked off the dogs, that would have been their third top four scalp in a month. Uh, as it stands, they lost by one point, which means their differential didn't take a hit. And they're still very much in the mix, but it is a disappointing result. Yeah, I, I guess I watched the highlights um, and I saw the stats and everything. Looks like I've uh, had a pretty good game, 170 metres. Um, actually, yeah, both our centres, Ockerflower ran for yeah, 164 or something. So 14 runs, I think. So yeah, was, um, big, big meterage per run. It was an interesting game because you mentioned that the the outside backs made a lot of the meters in our three victories to date in that run. It was our forward pack doing a lot of the work, and, and for whatever reason, this particular game, their numbers were pretty um uh, on the small side. Yeah, so, oh, I'm not sure low how the for game sure. played out. Yeah, I'm not sure how the game played out, but for whatever reason, it was obviously you know either heavy on the edges or it was a lot of ruck work coming out of the red zone. Or because could just be a lot of drop ball, I guess. I also, don't know. yeah, a lot of drop off scrums and restarts and whatnot. That's that's a fair point. But unfortunately, we um, we dropped the game, and now we've got to you know pick ourselves up because they were on a bit of a hot streak, and we yeah. It, it yeah it's it's uh, good. Uh, I think the main point is you know it's good to see um, either the young one stepping up from Sam and Barney. Only I know he only got uh, twenty five minutes. I think it was. Um, which is yeah, a bit well, that, that's the problem have when you're, you're you're playing behind Cameron King, who has shown that he's you know NRL capable as a hooker. Um, you're always going to be getting the um, the scraps when it comes to timeshare. Yeah, and then um, but I, I was pleased to see Oregon Kafusi come into the mix because uh, Salmon and Marnie were named on Teamless Tuesday last week, whereas Oregon was a game day inc- uh, inclusion. Uh, he's turning 19 this year, isn't he, Ham? If I recall correctly. Um, he's yeah, a, yeah, that's right, because he played first, all last year in yeah, the um, in the, in the 20s. Uh, 20, sorry, yeah. He, he was ball eligible but played 20, sorry. Yeah. Um, so Oregon's a, you know, a pretty well-built young boy, uh, big engine, plays hard. Uh, he's one of those guys that if he has a you know a nice sort of growth spurt or big preseason, could sort of shoot from the, the clouds into top 30 contention. And, you know, we're looking at a, a transitional period for the Eels, in the big picture where we need to see some of these talented 20s, talented 18s start converting into top 30 players. And those three, uh, Sam and Marnie and Kafusi, are certainly free to be uh, keeping a close eye on. All right, we'll jump into <clears throat> another letdown. Unfortunately, the Harold Matts Grand Final, Manly 26, Eels 18. Uh, try scores, try scorers, Lloyd Kumalafi. Um, he was fantastic in that game, actually, Kumalafi. Uh, and Tui Palutu, who was fantastic until uh, dirty, grubby, manly players broke his freaking leg. Um, <laughs> two th- out of three conversions. Um, so, and and on that, Tui Palutu, when he went down, that was the um, the big uh, turning point in that match, I guess. Ah, uh, definitely. I mean, there, there was obviously some pretty key intersections in that game in general, but if you want to boil down that game to where it was won and lost in a moment, it was the Tui Palutu injury for sure. Uh, following that, uh, Sam Loizu, who's been you know, a really great utility player for the Eels this year, bombed either, a, depending on how you want to see it, bombed a try or just turned over a, a red zone possession, which then resulted in the dogs going down the field and you know uh, kicking into the end goals, which he then couldn't bat the ball dead. 
two two players where two player two is probably the difference maker. And it, it was a real shame, wasn't it, him that uh, the game came down to that. Yeah, especially because um, you know the way uh, when you see the teams, uh, just even physically, um, we were definitely the underdog, and to be in front for as long as we were, and to ca- actually come back from uh, I think it was two tries down. 10, ten nil because it was, it was a very, ten nil down after fifteen for, minutes. Yeah. For those that didn't see, there was a very contentious uh, penalty early on that led to a sin binning, and uh, the Eels unfortunately were on the receiving end of that sin binning, so Manly went on to score ten points in that. Uh, but yeah, it's just even be ten points down um, when you look at the size of that Manly team. Um, uh, you know, they were, they were bigger than our first grade pack. You know, I, I don't think that's a it's a diminish on our first grade pack because they're a lot more skillful than these young kids are. But um, mainly, you're going out and doing what we did ten years ago, and that's just find the biggest kid you can find, whether it be. Um, I don't think any of them were from the northern beaches, just quietly. Um, you know, from Blacktown, from Penrith, from Parramatta, from Guildford, uh, wherever they can find them, just pop them in there, and you know, let them take the glory runs. Um, you know, where, when they're close to the line, see how many plays they can hold up. Um, I thought overall we were the more skillful team, um, and in the end, uh, these grades are for producing first grade players. They're not for winning um, competitions. They're not for winning age limited competitions. It would have been, it, it is nice to win them, especially to for confidence and uh, to show that the good work is being put in. But yeah, I I, I think there's about six or seven. Um, from our group that can you know they look like some really good players and if they keep their attitude if they keep a good attitude they'll be going through from Manly I don't want to be too harsh on them because they did beat us and it will sound salty uh, I like their fullback I thought he had a lot of um, change, good change of direction uh, their number 11 just busted our line off the kickoff and you know just easily broke our line I thought he had a, a good game uh, I don't think he had a good game but their number 4 um, big body. I think you could move into the forwards and be a good player. And just on their number eleven, who I believe is their captain, I do want to give him a shout out because in a, a very fiery affair, it always is between Manly and Para. Um, he took the time out to run up to Tuapulato when he was being stretched off to um, give him a quick um, handshake and pat on the shoulder. So it was a nice little moment in a you know a very uh, fierce game. Sorry. Yeah, and um. But yeah, just you said it before, Hamish. Comma Laffey. Um, I think he's been. I'm surprised he didn't get Player of the Season. Congratulations to Josh Chilpolota for getting pl- Player of the Harold Matts. That's outstanding. I, I can't remember the last player we had that uh, accomplished that. But Comma Laffey, he runs the ball out hard. There's no fear in him. Um, that crossfield uh, kick he took was fantastic for a, a young winger. Um, you know, he rucks it up with the big boys. He's pretty quick. Uh, he knows when to cut back. I, I, I really like him as a player. So, yeah, it's good that, you know, that, that came through in the last game and on the stream. Yeah, as you said, he's been fantastic for the whole season. And he's one of those players that, even though he started at a pretty solid level, he's grown across the course of the year. And uh, he's got that athletic potential that gets you pretty excited. So he's definitely one to watch in the future. Um, hopefully, Tupelo can come back from that leg injury, um, you know, bigger and better. But, yeah, you know, and I think... Um, I mentioned this to the guys that are at the ground, is that our 2015 Harold Matthews team lost in pretty heartbreaking fashion to the Cronulla Sharks, and they came back better for it. Um, and in those grades, oftentimes those sort of losses that can galvanize a young kid or young kids, you know, given that it's a group of kids that you're developing, to, to better themselves, you know, to train harder, to you know study the game more, to better themselves off the field. 
and hopefully that's the case here with this crime group of kids because they played a really good season. Uh, you know, we've made the point before that they're not necessarily as individually gifted across the park as our um, 2015 and 2016, 2016 classes. 2016, yeah, yeah. Um, which were, um, you know, went on to be national championship uh, title holders and whatnot. But there's some really good kids in here and they'll have a chance to, to grow significantly in the coming year or two. Yeah, well, I think so, they yeah. start their um, elite training program. Well, that's right. They're now um, eligible to join the, the Jets, the Jets, which is the junior elite talent squad. Is that is that right in saying that? Which is Paramount. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Cream, cream of the cream sort of program where they give advanced training to the hand-picked players within the rep program itself. And, you know, and it's going to be a long preseason for these kids because they their sort of pathway gets mapped out for them in detail by the club. And, you know, if they're committed, they've got the chance to come back yeah, well, I think um, seven months' time is usually the first trial match against the Tigers. So, um, yeah, a long time for them. Um, I'm actually sad that we can't go watch juniors. I don't. <laughs> I like more going live, watching more than one game a week. But it is what it is. So, um, yeah, congrats on the on a fantastic season from the for the Mats and um, come back bigger, better, and better and flog that Manly team next year. And just one last word. So it did ultimately end up 26-18. However, in the last couple of seconds, we were having an attacking raid down our right edge. And unfortunately, just through that pass, that ended up in a interception, which ran for a, a try. But, you know, you're in that those minutes. So you've just got to, you've got to, you've got to push the parcel. That does, oh, that does matter. Absolutely, there's nothing wrong bit. with the pass. If it, if yeah, it comes yeah. off, Kamalafi streaks down the wing and probably scores. So That, that you know, does make me want to praise Kamalafi one more time in that... Uh, earlier in the game, Manly made a big break um, down our right edge, and he had no right to make the tackle. But um, he chased about 85 metres and made a tackle, which saved the try then, but also led to Oscar Mazomo getting sin-binned for diving on a loose ball, which was the contentious play I was talking about earlier on, is that the referee pinged him for flopping. But in that sort of flip around at the end where you're talking about the interception, Kamalafe, who'd given everything that game, Tried to give chase despite once again not having any right to try and catch a guy that's intercepted the ball and had a 10 metre start. Still got within five metres of the guy over and then literally collapsed from exhaustion. So that um, sort of speaks volumes to the amount of effort he put in that game and across the season. So, you know, a fantastic young kid. Um, move on to a game that we didn't get to get to uh, women's brothers 48, Wenty 10. Um, only a 38 point difference this week. Yeah, so, the gap's positives. narrowing. <laughs> and they put That's on a right. couple of tries yeah. this week. They didn't um, didn't uh, get done to nil. Yeah, they didn't get shut out. So, that, I mean, we, we talk about this with the Tasha Gal girls. It's about taking those small steps. You know, you get those little victories, and slowly those little victories add up to the bigger victories. Just like with the Tasha Gal, where they won a few games at the end of the season. So, you know, well done to the girls. Getting on the board, keeping that differential, you know, much closer, even though it was still a blowout. And, you know, next week you try and make it that much closer. Now there were buys in the flag, Ron Massey and Shield, so not much too too much more to report on there. Their wins um, are my column. Two points. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, let's I'll jump into the news. And a real career ending injury. Don't, don't laugh at me, man. <laughs> okay, jumping into the news. First item on the agenda, um, so recently it came back out, uh, you might have seen stories in the paper about the um, the cap uh, the saga from 2016, the reason being it. is Jason Irvine's uh, in the courts 
regarding uh, those payments he made to several players in the course of 2016. Lee Hock. Uh, no, not Lee Hock, Gareth Hock. It carries some sort of fraudulent nature. I, I haven't read into it too much. Um, but I think the biggest fraud is that he paid $50,000 to Lee Mossop <laughs> outside of the cap. Um, apparently, uh, nearly 40000 um, NRL fame for claiming that the Super League was a tougher competition one week than proceeding to get a season-ending injury the next yeah. <laughs> And then tail between his well, leg back over to Super League. He only played for Wenty, didn't he, pretty much? So he wouldn't have known what the NRL was actually like. He wasn't on the field long enough. Yeah. He he talked a big game, but did not back it up. He did not walk the walk. But his pay, his, pay, his was, uh, bank balance is pretty good. No, no, that that was Lee Moss was one of two English recruits that we initially had signed. Uh, the other being uh, what was the the nutcase? Hawk, Hawk, Hawk. Gareth Hawk. Gareth Hawk. Yeah, so Hawk, we're still waiting for Hawk to get off the ship. Yeah, and start playing for the Eels. He's already got his third party payment, so he'll be here shortly. Yeah. <laughs> And can um, I just yeah, say Lee quietly, um, a Ricky Stewart special signings. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> Lee, Lee Mossop was the cherry on top of that shit sandwich uh, that was the um, the Ricky Stewart Spaniolo era at Parramatta. So, um, yeah, so that, anyway, um, uh, somewhat fitting that he was the highest paid um, out of the books uh, player during our, our um, run of incredible ineptitude at an administrative level. So what it worked out was was that uh, I think it was sort of Melbourne Storm uh, style roaring, which was that Jason Irvine had got a uh, landscaper to um, send some invoices to the club in which they paid, I think it was about $95,000. Then that was actually paid to the personal account of Irvine instead of to the club's account, and out of that $95,000, 50 grand was paid to Lee Mossop in stages, and 40 grand to Jared Hayne in stages. Um, so you can make up your own mind whether or not those players had any idea of what where those payments were coming from. Um, I think everybody should be culpable of all those payments, whether it comes from the player agents to the players to the club. Um, also, the NRL needs to uh, pull their finger out because they've only ever got people when it's been insiders giving them the information. So everybody's culpable and they all deserve to, to cop their punishments. Obviously, the players aren't going to be punished because uh, without the players don't have the game. And, and then on top of that... Managers. Player managers aren't going to get uh, any repercussions. It's been game, two years, yeah. and still they're all there. Um, and if you're led to horse. believe the rumours, uh, Teflon Todd has uh, some things that may not be so uh, Teflon. Well, it's it's the rumour is that the player managers have basically said to the NRL, if you banned any of us and hurt our livelihood, yeah. then we'll open the can of worms yeah. and open up every dodgy deal we've ever done. And give it to the media first, not to you. That's the rumor. Sometimes, I suppose, the NRL stands here. So, unfortunately, you know, Parramatta and, and Manly are going to wear the brunt of the. I mean, fury is not really probably the right term for it, given how um, mediocre some of the punishments have been, especially in light of Manly, who cheated after we were done cheating, which is meant to be the line in the sand thing for the NRL. But. Yeah, unfortunately, it's going to remain a huge blight in the game. The fact that the NRL does not want to find stuff in its own closet, because as you pointed out, Hamish, they have yet to actually diagnose cap cheating in their own right. It's always been a whistleblower, and the player manager is going to have the game by the balls. So <laughs> it is what it is. 
Well, nothing is more mediocre than our performance on the field while we're over the cap. <laughs> I mean, you have to you have to just sit there and admire how amazing that sequence of administrative clusterfucks was. The fact that you could cheat so much and still be two wooden spoons, two wooden meals. spoons while over um. the cap. <laughs> All right, let's move on to something else. Uh, A little bit of positive news. T-Rex is going to play on next season. BA's indicated that he would be happy to extend him a further one-year deal, provided that he continues with his rehab like he did last year. Um, So it looks like we were talking about a bad headspace for T-Rex last week. It seems like he's got that under wraps, and he's uh, full steam ahead for getting his uh, career back on track. Yeah, I like the news. I think there's value in a, a sort of low-end top 30 spot for T-Rex. And, uh, you know, if anyone has a the right sort of setup to get him through this recovery, it's Parramatta after what he did this uh, pre-season past. And last bit of news, Indigenous Roundup coming. So uh, all the teams have their jerseys out and we'll get you in PM. You've got a deal on the jerseys at the moment. We do, yes. They've just arrived in today. Uh, normally 170, but of course use your <laughs> discount code PARAPODCAST and you'll get them for 153 and free shipping. And I'm going to upgrade that to express shipping if you order by the end by the end of this round. So by, <laughs> by Sunday, if you get your order in by Sunday, I'll give you a free express post. That's www.sportfirstnambucca.com.au. All right, and that wraps up the reviews and the news. Let's jump into the previews. First of all, Sydney uh, Shield. The Rams in seventh position taking on Wenty in first position on Sunday, the 13th of May at Hammondville Oval at 3pm. Um, Shield probably going to get another win there. The Wenty boys look good. Um, but also, again, our feeders are really from Guildford Owls who haven't been going so cross hat. Cr- can we just talk about how the Moorbank Rams are literally the Canterbury Bulldogs but Rams? Yes. Like seriously, go look at the go look at that logo. Is the is the Canary Bulldogs but Rams? It's fantastic. Well, you know we've got to steal a bit of everything from everywhere. So <laughs> the uh, <laughs> uh, Ron Massey Cup Mounties in third position, taking on Wenty in sixth position. Saturday, twelfth of May, Aubrey Keach Reserve, one p.m. That they're, they're two of the you know sort of consistent teams in the um the RM the RMC. Obviously, third and sixth means they're not quite at the top at the moment, but in the last few years, you probably look at the the sort of bulk of results and they'll be up there. So this will probably... Wait, hang where's the table? It's third v. six, so there's one point separating the two teams. So this is a chance for Wenty to leapfrog into the top four pending results. All right, in the women's, Wenty in last position, taking on Country Rugby League Newcastle in seventh position, Sunday the 13th of May at Ring Rose, 3 p.m. And the girls. Come on, this, this is their chance... It's all it's all come down to this game, I reckon. They're going to get their win. And then in the ISP, Wenty in 7th position, taking on the Wyong Roos in 11th position. Leichhardt Oval, Saturday, May 12th at 1pm. Dumb position. Dumb. Dumb. Leichhardt at 1 <laughs> on Saturday. Oh, I thought that at the start of the week. I just went, oh, it's a Wenty home game. Just have a bloody ring rose. Have it at Ringrose Park where I can go and watch it. I want to go and see Jamin Salmon. I want to go see Oregon Kafusi play against the, you know, the more experienced players and the bigger players and everything. I don't want to drive down the line. I don't want to go on Parramatta Road. Jesus Christ. Awful. Stop. I think we almost need to have a dedicated segment every week to just ranting about scheduling. 
with the New South Wales Rugby League. It just gets there every point to that point every week. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty, I if they want to charge, um, they want to charge sixty odd dollars for a ticket to sit side on an ANZ stadium and not have the reserve grade play before it. <laughs> I mean, fair income. Don't worry, you're going to get touch. You're going to get touch. I was, I was about to say, we, did we forget to talk about the touch? We get touch football. Oh, we no did that last week. People want to see big week. hits. There's no yeah, big hits in touch. preview the touch football. How can we not preview in the touch football? Because it starts round 11. <laughs> so that yes. means I when I come down for round I'm, I'm glad Wait, somebody else is on the ball. Does it start this week? Or? Yeah. Isn't that what they were saying on the Discord? Is that it starts this week? We're round 10. It starts round 11. It's so good, no one even knows when it starts. See, there you go. That's how good it is. No one even knows when it starts and who's playing. Because <laughs> no one cares or no one hey, should got, care. There's no big hits in touch. All right, on to... On to f- we know HIAs anyway. On to, f- on to first grade, Friday evening. We can get our suffering out of the way early in the weekend. 7.55pm at ANZ Stadium. Dogs in 15th position taking on the Eels in 16th position. Uh, I believe there's reciprocal rights. Yep. Um, but double check that. There usually is for those dogs, tigers, um, and South Sydney sometimes. South, too. yeah. Um, but double check that before you go. I'm pretty sure. Uh, just quickly before we get into it, uh, there's some injuries to touch on. Tim Manor eye socket out till round 14. Kaiser Pritchard groin out till round 14. Kane Evans with the calf out round 12. Nathan Brown ankle round 12. Jared Hame hip flexor round 12. Greg Lalesi wow thumb. Round 15, Tony Williams, ACL, out for the season. Um, let's jump into... If, um, Kane, I was going to say, I think it's pretty mean of Kane Evans, Jared Hayne, and um, uh, Nathan Brown to leave Tim Manor and Casey Pritchard out in the round 12 member. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone's about to be coming back round 12, and obviously they don't like those guys, and I told them they can come back round 14. So um, those injuries are starting to add up, though. That's really getting a worry. We've got enough on our plate to worry about as it is, and you know we're starting to lose a lot of core players. So, um, just before we get into it, <laughs> that was pretty bad. Um, before we get into it, I noticed the dogs put up an on? advertisement the other day on their Twitter. And now this is amazing, and I'm going to take full advantage of this deal. And I think everyone should. And it's to pump us up before the game. But Chico Rolls are on sale for $2.50. Right? Oh, shut up. Get them to the boys, that's but that's get them some dirt on them. <laughs> get some dirt on them. Give them to the boys before warm up. That'll warm them up. <laughs> That'll fire them up. Two dollar fifty chico roll with a bit of ANZ dirt on it. We're good. They'll be good to go. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> so just as an aside, um, playing junior football, uh, one of the parents decided it was a great idea to give us Macca's small fries at half time. You can imagine what what happened in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> So, no to the Chico Rolls. Have them during the week. All right, the game. What's happening in the game, Hamish? Tell us. So, a little bit of history. that We've played 28 games at ANZ. Bulldogs 15 wins, Eels 13 wins. Bulldogs have the wood over us in the uh, full time in um, New South Wales uh, Premiership and then also in the NRL era. The Eels have won 13 to 12 at ANZ. Uh, sorry. 2017 results. Eels won 13 to 12 at ANZ Stadium earlier in the season, and then 20 to 4 in round 22 last year. Uh, now this is really troubling, considering how bulldog, bad Bulldogs have been going. They're averaging 15.2 points a game, where we're only averaging 14.9 points a game. 
It's like a golf handicap, right? You want to get smaller. <laughs> no, no. You want to be close to Points conceded per game. <laughs> Bulldogs are conceding 21.1 points per game, and we're conceding 22.9 points per game. So, uh, doing a little math, uh, Bulldogs to win by, uh, what is it, 2.1, 2.1 points. All right, I'll remember that for the betting odds. <laughs> I like, so I like, it's... I like your odds, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Can I can I get the over and under on two point one? Two point one, and and give and given Ham's uh, dislike of the penalty goal, it'll be a freaking penalty goal that does it'll it. It'll be on the, it'll be a, a dumb uh, holding down penalty or something right in front of the post to win the game. I know it. You just ah no. <laughs> and it'll be payback for next. It'll be payback for last week against Broncos, even though that was a legitimate penalty on the death. Um, Dean Pay, cop you twenty five grand and walk away. But still, it's just one of those things, isn't it? That. You know, the, the swings and roundabouts of rugby league, uh, rubber the green, may go the Bulldogs' way this week after they see that they were slighted last week, whether or not that's the truth. Or hopefully um, uh, Greenberg tells the refs, you know, let's make it so they don't win this week. They can't, Just penalise the shit out of them so they can't say it was a game. That'll teach <laughs> That'll you. definitely teach them. <laughs> Come on, Toddy, do it for us. We we touched on it earlier, but it's really hard to hype this game up. It, it is you know essentially spoonball at this point in time. I know that the the Titans and Manly are right there in it as well, but you know Parramatta regressed after you know what looked like two solid wins, but maybe there was a little bit of um uh, sort of false dawn about those, and the Dogs are playing you know some pretty ordinary football by themselves. So <laughs> I don't know, like. Do do you guys think that this game is going to say a lot about where the squad's at? Like, do you think that's fair to say that you know this is the game that will decide whether they're going to do anything this year at all? Yeah, I think so. That, uh, well, if 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 they lose it, uh, uh, pack up your your bag for the year. That's it. We're done. Uh, if they win it, then you know we live for another week. Essentially, that that's as much. Don't, as don't you mean if we win it? Well, I'm lining up tomorrow for grand final. I'm lining up on Saturday for grand final tickets. Isn't that the way it works? Well, if you want to piss away your money at the moment, good on you. Okay. Let me let me spin it to you this way. We talked about how the the wins against Manly and West maybe you know papered over some cracks and were false dawns and whatnot. How much of a statement could a win on Friday night be for this team? Can you like what what is the most you could take out of potential victory on Friday night? It depends on how a they tough, gritty win. That's what I'm saying. Like like if we won in very like in a genuinely convincing manner, played you know sixty minutes plus of really good football. Defended well, attacked well. Our halves were there from the get-go, you know, putting kicks into the backfield, you know, putting the team to the right places. How confident would you be coming out of that game, knowing that it's only the Canterbury that you've well, beaten? No, because the next week you've got a prove-it match against the Warriors. Yeah, so, right. again, it's on That's to prove it. I was going to borrow a cliche and just say, you know, the most we can take out of the out of the win will be two points. Um that's right. Two points, one one zero every week. Boys because and girls, um, sort of you know, ching. we've it's it's the next week, and then the week after that, and then the week after that, we'll show how good this game is. It is no, hindsight in the end. That that's yeah. That and that's why sport, you know, across the course of a season, you have to adopt that mentality because the second you start getting ahead of yourself, you get pulled back to the ground very quickly. But yeah, it's just one of those you know sort of thought experiments where you know, given how low morale is and how iffy form is, and the injuries are starting to mount up. It, I thought it'd be interesting to gauge those opinions on, you know, just how much you can take out of a win this, this week. Obviously, you still have to get it. Well, I, but sorry, I think one thing is we're back at ANZ Stadium, even if it is classed as an away game, uh, where when Clint Gutherson is in the team, we've won, what, seven from our last eight or something like that. So I guess you can take a bit of hope out of that. 
And Guffo's a player that I am looking to see a little bit more out of. Um, not, you know, I don't want to be overly harsh on a guy that's come back, you know, from a, a very serious knee reconstruction. And it's, you know, it's evident that he's had a big impact on the team uh, from a leadership perspective. And, you know, you can, like, it's quite, like, audible on the Fox mics and on the Channel 9 mics what he's trying to do for this team. Every time the ball goes out of play, he's screaming at the team to you know, set the scrum and get um get back in the place. But I don't think he's quite got his legs underneath him as a fullback yet. Uh, he's you know he's working the ball out on kick returns and whatnot, but he's not popping up the way you'd expect him to on the edges as much as you know we've, we've seen in the past. So hopefully Friday night's the game where he can break those shackles, you know, get a a try under the belt, you know, and maybe finish off a couple of um passes for for Bev and um, George Jennings on the edge. I'm just looking at the. I just want one half to take to take control of this game. You know, like someone has to be the chief playmaker. As long as you know, as long as we improve. Do you, do you round up? Consistent? Do you round up? Because there's 13 guys on a field. Um, so if one half of the team steps up, do you reckon it's six or seven players? No, I mean, one half, you know, half back. Corey Norman or Mitchell Moses? Moses or Norman. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, was just, I was just repping oh, Sorry. <laughs> I wish I had a drink today. I wish I had a drink today. <laughs> I had a big one and I still, I still oh, can't put up with just, 40s jokes. Because I just want someone. I just want a clear, clear like image or clear sign that we know who's gonna get the ball on last, and not this off the cuff. You know, like it's just I just need as long as we improve, that's all right. You know, our, our attack, you know, our fluid, our fluidity, whatever you call it. You know. So, in your eyes, Bertie, who's the man? Is it Norman or is it Moses? Who's Norman, your, I reckon Norman. Norman, is. Norman's your one A playmaker. He's the guy that's going to be yeah. demanding the ball. Okay, that's fair yeah, enough. Well, the way you got to look at it is you're gonna. When you're in the 20, you either want to score or the next best thing in is um, to get a repeat set. And Norman's the best at getting repeat sets. So. And so with, with the game on the line, he's your guy? Like, he's the one you're going to be... Yeah. yeah that, that's fair. No, that, that's cool. If, but yeah, if, I, if we start throwing around, you know, like if we're desperate, then obviously Moses. But if we if, if someone has to carry out the game plan, I reckon it's Norman. So, no, yeah. that's fair. Just always, always curious to hear... I agree 100%, Birdie. I'm just looking at the the two lineups here, and I think we've we've, we've probably got a slight advantage in the in the backs, but in the forwards, yeah, we've got a couple of blokes out. They've got a couple of blokes out. They've got a couple of younger up and coming forwards. I I think that's where we have to dominate them. If we can dominate in the forwards, then we can use the halves can use the backs, and this is sometimes what happens because the Bulldogs are still using that up and in defence. So you have to suck them into the middle of the park first to create your space outside. So if we don't go up the middle first, we're not going to get that space outside. So so we've got to make sure that if it's Norman or if it's Moses, whoever's running them forwards and telling them what to do, that they get them running up hard up the middle. And look for offloads when we can, when we get over halfway. There's no point trying to, without ball handling the way it's been, there's no point trying to do offloads in our own half. But when you get over halfway and it's tackle three or tackle four, for forward, somebody's got to be following up there whether it's the hooker getting in a dummy half or whether it's Guffo or somebody falling up there, look for the odd offload. That's You get the offload late, the defence is still jogging back to 10 metres. You, you're going to make 10 metres guaranteed straight away then, an extra. And you've got an extra tackle up your sleeve. And then that drags the defence in the middle of the field. Then you can spread it wide and you can use French and, and, you know, and the Jennings boys. We can use them and use their pace and agility, but you've got to do the work in the middle. And that's, I think, what we've been lacking all season. There hasn't been a game where we've consistently won the middle and the ruck for the whole 80 minutes. And this is where, if they can do that this week and win well, that's when you can say, well, there's light at the end of the tunnel. We can maybe then match it with the Warriors the next week, and then we've got Newcastle the week after that. 
but we have to. Oh, sorry, the Broncos after that, then Newcastle, and we sort of have to have to win here and win well, and then win the next probably two out of our next three to even think about finals. If we don't win well this week, I think you can just kiss finals goodbye. Um, yeah, I'm, I just uh, going back to what you said about uh, dominating the middle PM. Um, another thing to keep the middle honest, and so you can shift out wide is uh, unders lines. I, I, I don't remember us using that many unders lines in an attacking position where you can have the half drifting across field and then you've got your uh, edge back rower and centre running unders lines, give them a bit of space. You know, keep, instead of um, uh, the inside defence being able to slide out so easily, which is ha- has happened a lot, especially in that round two Manly game where we just, Bevan French was getting the ball, he was just being pushed, he was just manhandled Growing over the south line touch, yeah. because the inside defence was able to push out because there was no one coming back on the angle to keep them guessing. So, yeah, I yeah we need to need to keep them honest, need to keep them guessing, and we're, we're not doing we that. Saw, we saw glimpses of that from Tepai on Saturday night. Oh, I'm yeah, Tep's game on Saturday, actually. you know, coming back from his injury. I thought he was really good, you know. He, when, he, when he got the ball, he I think he ran for over 100 metres. Um, would have been a, not many boys can knock away Graham on their ass. No, no, it was a shoulder charge. He did that. Uh, so that was yeah, a penalty. Yeah, so, um, I've I got one last question for you guys. Looking at this lineup on Team West Tuesday, um, we've got one uh, recognised hooker in the top seventeen, and it's not Cameron King. What What are your thoughts on Will Smith carrying the um the sole rake duties for the um the course of eighty minutes? <sighs> I think he can do it. I think he's got the the fitness, and last year he came on against. I think it might have been the Bulldogs actually when someone got injured, made forty two tackles. Warriors or yeah, Bulldogs? Yeah, one of them. Dragons. Yeah, Kaiser got injured on the tenth minute. Yeah, he got a HIA. Cast out of the game. Yeah, so from a starting role, do you reckon his his mindset changes? Or um, what, what are we looking for him? To run the ball a lot or just get the ball out to his halves? Well, only worry he's shown to be Mr. Fixing in the it's half. Got to be feed, in yeah, my opinion. Until, yeah. until he can't show attacking. it, I'm, I'm not going to knock the bloke. See, this is what, like, you got, he's, he's, a, he's a halfback, essentially. So his instinct as a half is to run to the line and pass. So I don't know if he has the instinct to be, as a hooker, like, you know, back up the runner and, like, shoot out a dummy half. So that's, you understand, like, is he, like, the back of his back of his head is he is he playing this as a halfback or like I don't reckon he thinks as a hooker or think like a hooker. I know that, I know that sounds dirty, but I don't need to be dirty, you know. But yeah. Nah, well, I'm, um, I'm, now, can I just touch on that? I'm, I'm worried about it stifling just... his attacking game though, because if he's going to play that many minutes and have to do that much defence, because we know Kayser does do a lot of defence. Is this going to stifle his attacking game? Like because he's so quick out of dummy half and and he's got a good pass on him, Will Smith. But are you going to stifle that by the amount of defence he's going to have to do? I think if you're going to play him at hooker, you've got to have someone on the bench who can come on and give him a rest for 15 minutes. All right. Can I just... I'll run through the team list. Um, Bulldogs, Moses Zembai at fullback, Brett Morris on one wing, Marcello Montoya on the other, Josh Morris centre, Will Hoppawate centre, Matt Frawley and Kieran Foran in the halves, Woods and Clemmer in the front row, Jeremy Marshall King in the nine. Uh, Josh Jackson, Raymond Tyler Mariner starting second rowers. Reese Martin gets a start at the lock position. Adam Elliott on the bench. Danny Fulalo. Uh, and then their debutant, Tuamaga. And Kerrod Holland as the utility slash outside back on the 17. In their reserves, the extended bench, John Olive, Clay Priest, Asapale Fine. And Michael Leica has fallen out of favour. 
In the Paramount Eels side, Clint Gutherson at the fullback, Bevan French, George Jennings on the wings, Michael Jennings, Brad Takarangi in the centres, Corey Norman, Mitch Moses in the halves, Dan Alvaro, Sumatangi as starting props, Will Smith in the nine, Manu Ma'u and Tep Omaroa as the starting second rowers, Penny Terrapo in the 13 again, and then the return of Bo Scott in the 14, Suicide Vave in the 17, Kenny Edwards, David Gower also on the bench with Cameron King, Kirasami Avaar, Josh Hoffman and Murata Nehkore on the extended bench. And looking at that, uh, Mitch Moses, uh, Corey Norman, you need to sack up and outplay their halves. Kieran Foreman, he's got shot hamstrings, uh, absolute grub off the field, the shit that he did to Parramatta, uh, you know. Get in there, you're not a blue and uh, blue and gold boy unless you're smashing that prick off the ball every single uh, time he takes it to the line. And Matt Frawley, uh, Matt Fraudley, I should say, <laughs> he is not a first grader. Not to mention Foran's a lousy punter. <laughs> oh, he's got inside info, he's all right. Uh, and Jeremy Marshall King, whilst he did play in the halves for Bulldogs, uh, all of his juniors, well, the majority of them were played at number nine. So that seems to be his preferred position. And Michael Liker, another fraud um, on the extended bench. <laughs> but yeah, um, can I put a link to this? Um, how good most of them have been going to fullback? You know, we've got to we've got to shut him down and definitely not bomb this week because he fantastic. did for the first couple of weeks. As soon as he had his head taken off in that, oh, gosh, I can't remember who. It, which game it was. Yeah, Rabideau's game. He, he sort of come back and hasn't been as explosive as he was in the first couple of weeks. But yeah, I still think, you know, we should be using our kicking game, kick to the corners, getting to work it out. This is what we'll be... It's like every week, I suppose. That's what we're going to be good at, so that's what we've got to use. Well, fair dinkum. Look, look at that Bulldog squad. It is garbage. It is absolute garbage. <laughs> You've got the biggest pillow in the world in number eight. Uh, Brett Morris and Josh Morris, they're running, they've got no tendons left in their knees. Uh, Will Hopawati, we know he's a reserve grader. He played so long for us. Matt Frawley, he's not a half's asshole. Kieran Foran, look at him, he's busted. Seriously, if you can't beat this team, just that's it. You know what's going to happen now? The Bulldogs players are going to be listening to this podcast and they're going to they're going to play it as their pump up song before they, before they run out. They're just going to say, "All right, we're going to smash these bricks now." Listen to all their fans. Are... Do, do you want to be more fitty if Aaron Woods wore the number seven jersey? Yeah, yeah because because seven, eight, nine. <laughs> okay. Uh, yikes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, predictions. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Did you just did you just get it? Birdie. Yeah, we shouldn't have hurt. We should. We should yeah. have had a K out every time. <laughs> Birdie. I'll repeat these jokes until you get like you acknowledge them. Birdie, give me your <laughs> prediction, please. Is this what is this what we're going to put up with when Hamish goes to Fiji? Because I'm going <laughs> to take a sickie, maybe. We 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 change it to the the you know the Parramatta podcast that appreciation dad joke appreciation week. So yeah. Please, just give me some predictions, Bertie. Oh, I'm going to watch the whole game this week. That's the biggest... No. Um, I think Parramatta are going to win uh, 18-6. And first try scorer, uh, Tepai Mororoa. So, yep, that's it for me. Lay your prediction on me, 40. Uh, I'm going to try some reverse voodoo magic here. And I'm going to tip the dogs to win. Um, hopefully that that'll be my um my curse breaker. But Canterbury to win eight four. Uh, oh first try score of Parramatta. First try score of Parramatta. 
is uh god let's go bev that seems to be our, our go-to man i don't know nothing um well i'm actually gonna make a prediction this week i think we're gonna win uh 22 to 8 we're gonna kick two penalty goals and i'm gonna be hating it um first try scorer bevan french he's gonna repeat um that fantastic chip and chase um that he scored last year i think it was on the wing, where he chipped it over the Morris twins' head, regathered after running around the wrong way, scoring. I reckon he'll do it again. PM, I think we're going to win. We're going to win well. The Bulldogs will lead 2 0. That's all the points they're going to get. They'll get a penalty goal early, and we'll put on 26 points, and we'll be in complete control of the game for 80 minutes for the first time all season. First try scorer, I'm thinking. Possibly one of the forwards this time, or up the middle. I think Daniel Alvaro might get the first try right next to the left-hand upright. And my prediction, a repeat of the 1986 grand final. Two missed penalty goals to start us off, and then an Eels penalty goal, a Bulldogs penalty goal, an Eels penalty goal, 4-2. That's it. No tries. I think that's my uh, worst nightmare. (laughs) Lucky I wasn't born for that. (laughs) We're, oh, we're legitimately calling the podcast up. The podcast is getting called off next week, if that's the case. It's going to ab- be an absolute bludger of a game. I don't know if there's any rain predicted you between win. between um, now and Friday, but regardless, it's going to be a bludger. It's meant to be very cold, Hamish. So if anyone's going out there on Friday night, make sure you pack your winter woolies because it's, it's supposed to be a cold snack coming through on Thursday. And make sure you... Make sure you stock up on those two dollar fifty chico rolls. That'll, they'll keep. Oh, they'll warm. keep you warm. Yeah, get, absolutely. Get Shove them in your pockets. Stick them, stick them under your armpits. Armpits everywhere. Kaiser could put one down. Kaiser could put one down to keep his warm if he wants to. He's getting over his injury. Uh, a low of eight degrees and a high of seventeen degrees on Friday. So it's going to be dewy out there. Bit of dew. Bit of dew on the grass. So we've got to turn those big boys around from the dogs. Kick to the corners. Kick to the corners. Let's jump into uh, uh, plugs, Birdie. Yeah, uh, catch me on uh, Twitter at uh, BevanHeaven1. Uh, a rare week. All my teams lost this week, so I'm surprised I made it. Every single team of mine lost. How heartbreaking is that? 40. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a response, but well, I don't know. At least one of my oh, I only support two teams: Parramatta and uh, West Ham. So, and we won. So, one, one, lost one. <laughs> the Jazz won one and lost two, <laughs> but they're still alive. <laughs> now, uh, uh, and sorry, just out of that, uh, do do the NRL referees get a reprieve after the A League Grand Final, um, or no? Jeez. Oh god, that VAR. No, there, Jeez, that's that was, bad. There that was, was a rumor that they actually um, hired out the uh, NRL bunker for that game. <laughs> <laughs> How fair can a glitch ruin the whole grand final? You know, like so I don't stupid. Know, I th- and I hate. I think the A League well. grand finals ruined. Oh, that's my team. Victory's my team. I forgot to say that. Victory's my team. I've been following them since they started. I only watch one game a year. <laughs> <laughs> like a true fan. <laughs> okay, 40. Uh, I'm 4020. You can catch me at thecumberlandthrow.com. Also catch us on Twitter at EelsTCT, where Mitch and Chris get up pretty wild with the tweets. Um, 
this week we've had um, Whiskey Musings Up, Team West Tuesday. Uh, we've had our Stat Attack, and I'm sure Shelley will have her contribution in soon. Um, obviously, it's not exactly fun reading at the moment after that loss against Cronulla, but drop by, say hello, and you know, perhaps comment on one of our articles. Uh, Ham. Uh, yep, as always, on Twitter at HamSandwich22. I am finally in a band again. This is Bolin. We're playing... Um, the night that we play the Warriors, but don't worry, we're on at 10.30, so you can go to the game, and if you're looking for, to do something after, um, doors are not until 8.30, you can buy tickets on Oztix, and they're $5, um, we're expecting a big crowd, so you might, if you're, if you're coming along, you might want to, uh, grab tickets beforehand, um, this week I haven't actually heard any new bands, I don't think, but, um, everyone's talking about it, but, I, I'm gonna take after Hamish here and when I was away that week he plugged uh, the killers but I'm going to plug uh, my boy Donald Glover aka Childish Gambino um, he's putting out an album this August and his new video and song is absolutely unreal he's been killing the hip hop game for a years now he's finally getting the recognition he deserves and yeah watch that it's a fantastic video and song I thought he was going to retire at one stage nah. you know give up nah he's only like He's young. He's good. <laughs> In that, yeah. and, and PM to tell us all about Cher. <laughs> well, he's talking about all these bands. That Cher has actually just announced a new tour, but not that I'd go. She's even before my time. If I could find well, that was a good song. I must admit. But well, I think that that's that's the Parramatta Eels anthem at the moment, isn't it? Well, yeah, well, pretty much so. Yeah, turn back time. Isn't that a good um, music video back in the day too? Yeah, on the um, big Navy ship. She had that lovely lovely outfit on, yeah. Covered, covered some bits, so, not very much. So, but, P, yeah. P, PM, being the um, the older gentleman of the podcast, uh, was she one of your uh, high school sweethearts? No, she was still a bit too old for me, to be honest. Yeah, she was... She, so, yeah. No. no. Samantha Fox. Look up her, Samantha Fox. She, now, she was a fox. She used to... She she had a couple of songs out. Touch me, I think was one of them. And she was a page three girl from from the English uh, newspapers over there. Do a bit of a Google search on her. She was she wasn't a bad sort. Had a big poster of her behind me back door. Yeah, I'll probably do it later. So in- <laughs> incognito on. Hey, eh? sorry. In- incognito mode on. <laughs> do that, do that, birdie. Put on incognito mode. You'll be sweet. No, well, I better, right, I better, PM and and I better do a plug. You better. I better. I've already plugged the store, so I won't plug that now. But I am also on a local radio station Sundays from 5 till 7 to NVR FM and Bucca Valley Radio. You can actually listen online on the website, which is to nvr.org.au. You can go on there. Over the right-hand side is the, is the live stream, and you'll catch me on there with uh, Tom and Donna every, well, most Sundays from 5 till 7 p.m. We talk about not just local sport in the area here. We talk about the sport all over Australia, so... It's a good two-hour program, good bit of fun. Really enjoyed my first uh, run of it last week and looking forward to getting back out there on Sunday and doing it again. And you can catch me on Twitter as well, at Paramatters. Did you, you go, plug folks. us on the radio? Oh, yeah, I mentioned that I'm at, did, I did the Para podcast, yeah. I did, I did do that. The, um, the, the Para podcast, been making media personalities since 2018. To add it to my LinkedIn profile now, won't I? Yeah, the point. <laughs> YTP, boys. <laughs> All right, and to wrap it up, at Parapodcast on Twitter, forward slash Parapodcast, Facebook, on iTunes, um, rate, like, review, do what you want. I'm not your boss. <laughs> um, 
Gee, you sound so happy. <laughs> Mate, I'll tell you what. After that, that Sharks game and that Harry Matt's will, grand final. Oh. I will legitimately give you a hug next time we catch up, man. Like, you know, I, I got you back. I will give you a hug, you know, and you can just hug it out. Get all the tensions out. Hey, hey Mish. Yeah. At least we've got a team to be frustrated about. The North Sydney Bears fans, they've got no team. <laughs> They so do. They're just positive. playing in ISP. Yeah. Oh, but it's not the same, mate. It's not, not NRL. Come on. They got it swallowed by Manly, and now, now they're going to go back and buy Manly. That would be the best timeline. I'm not going to lie. I'd make a movie that about that. They did that, I reckon, for sure. <laughs> um, and also, my secretary leaves for China tomorrow, so um, I've got to do all my own work. You have a secretary? Time. What? Why are you wow. whinging? All you do is whinge, and you have a secretary. You're the worst, yeah, man. Yeah, but she's away for the next yeah, week and a half. I've got to do my own work. God, Make no, your own coffee, you poor bugger. He's got to wipe his own ass for a week and a half, guys. Boo-hoo. Job That's to, I'm sad, boys. Have you got a coffee shop nearby? Right, I'll have we'll to ring him again to deliver one for you, so you won't have to make it yourself, all right? <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. Um, but although... <laughs> But although the walk over to the coffee shop, it's about one block, and it gets me out of the office for five minutes, so I think I'll go out. <laughs> All right, well let's let's wrap it up here before um, you know anybody gets some rope out. Uh, hopefully, the boys get a win this weekend in every single grade that's in action, and and also the women as well in the uh, women's premiership. And um, get out to the games if you can. Friday night it's going to be a bludger, so uh, there's your um your. Uh, talk the game up. Uh, Two dollar fifty chico I'll rolls. Two dollar fifty well. chico rolls. That's all uh, you have to. Yeah, think actually, about. at least we we need to get that little NBA tie in. At least we're not the Toronto Raptors who finished first seed in their conference and then got swept by LeBron James, and now they're the LeBron Raptors. Well, I've I've got one more comment to make, and that if everybody who goes to the game Friday night, it's on Channel Nine, it's on Fox Sports, everybody will see it. I want you all to grab your chico roll and kick off, or just to all stand and wave it. So I can see he's on the if TV. Double right, I want you to wave the Chico Roll. We'll call it hashtag Chico Roll Wave. All right? I want you to hashtag it. Get it out there on double Instagram, the on Chico Twitter, rolls. on Facebook. And I want to see the Twitter, Twitter the Chico Roll. Anybody, anybody out there who's got any Bulldogs, mates, get them on, on doing it as well. We want to see the Chico Roll Wave. All right? It'll be, we'll, we'll start we'll, this happening. We'll, we'll break, we'll break we go, a Guinness World Record. We go, most Chico Rolls yeah. waved. Yeah. <laughs> before we go, chicken salt chicken or normal salt, salt? Every day of the week. Chicken. Chicken. Yeah, on a chicken roll, you know, on a chicken roll. I, I only discovered this the other day. You know, on a chicken roll, you know, you don't put chicken salt with chicken roll. That's sacrilege. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but hey, I put, hey, I put chicken we, salt steak. Man, what is wrong with you? Chicken salt is an Australian creation. The greatest of all salts is an Australian creation. We are a magnificent race. Well, the chicken rolls also Australian. We're, so we're, we're, we're a salty, we're a salty bunch of mofos. That's what we are. <laughs> That's right. Chicken salt's good on chips. God bless, God bless Australia and God bless chicken I'm going to drop the mic and walk One out. One last thing. Uh, Para- Parramatta Eels fans, um, get up your English uh, charge on that, that Braveheart Bulldogs um, supporter. <laughs> I want to see some, uh, some heavy English cavalry charge on that bloke. <laughs> All right, well, I think we're done here. Ooh. See you later, boys. See you later. All right, guys. Chico Roll Wave. Hashtag Chico Roll Wave. All right, see you guys. Thank you, guys. Goodbye.